Appalachia is a place, a culture, a way of life, and a home to a diverse and select few. Farming and agriculture are at the heart of this rugged rural land. WEHC is pleased to introduce a new program to our lineup, Living Appalachia, a show dedicated to exploring and answering your questions about all aspects of agrarian life. Here now is your host for Living Appalachia, Brendan Blevins. Hi, you're listening to Living Appalachia. I'm Brendan Blevins. Today I got with me the town manager for Saltville, Brian, and Ivy as well with me. Um, we're going to be talking about all sorts of things about the history today. How are y'all doing? Doing well. Brandon, doing good. It's good to see you. Yep. It's good to have you both here with me. Um, so tell me a, a little bit about the history of uh, Saltville over there. Um, do you know when the town was founded? So, Brendan, it is, you know, we've got a 30-minute show, and I could probably dedicate three <laughs> hours to the town of Saltville and its rich history. Uh, the, the town itself, the town proper, was incorporated in 1896, but Saltville has had a rich uh, mining and agricultural heritage since the middle 1700s. Saltville is home to the first commercial salt mine in North America. Uh, William Campbell, William Russell came to the Great Salt Valley, poked a hole in the ground, and started pulling the salt water out. Um, fast forward to today, 2022. And we're still pulling salt out of the ground. United Salt Corporation is one of the bigger uh, industries in Saltville. And as you know, salt has been critical to agriculture, especially meat preservation throughout the ages. So we're very proud of our ties to the ag community. So uh, does that mining of salt affect agriculture in any way? Does it affect the soil? Like can the same things that would be grown anywhere else still be grown over there? Absolutely. The salt is not on the upper layers of the ground. They're actually quite a way underground, and you know, as we continue to pull more and more salt out, we go deeper underground to get it. So the crops that grow right here in Emory and Meadowview, and, and me and you, we have family ties to Chilhowie. The same crops that grow on Chilhowie's side of Walker's Mountain grow in Saltville. As a matter of fact, the town of Saltville borders Smith County's uh, agriculture heritage area which is in rich valley so uh about how deep are they going now to get that salt out of the ground man i knew you was going to put me <laughs> on the spot now that i don't know i do know that uh, united salt corporation the current until last year they had two salt wells and the number three salt well just came online i don't know how deep they go what i can tell you is that on average 25 trucks tractors and trailers a week I'm sorry, 25 tractors and trailers a day leave Saltville loaded with 30 tons of salt each. I got a question for you about the salt from Saltville, because, you know, you go down to the museum or you're in town, you can't just go buy some local salt. What's it used for? Most of the salt that comes out of Saltville today, it's all food grade, but the bulk of it goes to more industrial uses, water softening, chemical production. Uh, United Salt Corporation is based out of Houston. They've got, I uh, think they've got four mines throughout the United States and Saltville is one of their more productive facilities. So um, with that all being said over in Saltville, um, is Saltville, would you consider it more of an agricultural town or is it just all built around the salt, plant, the salt mines? If it was not for the salt, I mean, hence the, its yeah. name, Salt. If it was not for the salt, there wouldn't be a town of Saltville. However, 
through the years what Saltville has grown into, uh, you know, the salt production and then prior to the Civil War, out of the 30-some states that were in the Union before the Civil War, 18 of them had a salt operation. During the war, the Confederacy had, uh, every state in the Confederacy had a salt operation. So two Civil War battles fought over control of the salt. <laughs> Fast forward until uh, 1893, Matheson Alkali Works comes to town, uh, would later become Olin Matheson, the chemical company that still produces chemicals to this day. Mm -hmm. uh, they came to Saltville. And, you know, Saltville's a company town. It basically came to being because Olin came to town. So uh, Saltville's got an industrial history, but it all directly ties back to the salt. So um, as far as farming goes over in Saltville, um, you've said the salt has a big tie to it. So is it mostly um, beef operations? Around Saltville, there's several beef operations. Uh, a few people still grow tobacco. I know that all three of us, we've got family ties to that. Ivy, how much tobacco have you handled in your life? <laughs> oh, enough. <laughs> <laughs> Me and you both. I miss it in ways, but in other ways I don't. Some people still raise um, tobacco, a few families. There's a lot of beef cattle, a couple of dairies left in the Rich Valley area. Mm -hmm. Um and one thing that we're trying to work on right now is, as you guys probably know, there's a huge demand for our the native herbs that grow in our mountains. Uh, at the rate that people use them now, it's just not sustainable. So we're looking into, uh, especially with Appalachian Sustainable Development and a lot of their initiatives into agroforestry, uh, forestry agriculture, Sobble wants to be on the spearhead of that initiative. So is the uh, the town manager correct? Yes, sir. Um, how does that play into agriculture over there? You know, when you're a town manager, you do everything from keep the water and sewer flowing. Uh, not alone. We've got a great maintenance staff, and we've got a great uh, Mayor Young and the Solville Town Council do a great job. But day in and day out as a town manager, you're doing everything from keeping the water and sewer flowing to the streets running. Uh, trying to balance uh, the needs of our business um, and our nonprofits, like the wonderful Museum of the Middle Appalachians, and also try to be a hub. Uh, you know, all the salt, uh, basically all of the folks who farm in Clinchburg, uh, Blackwell's Chapel, you know, the area north of here, and then Rich Valley, Tannersville area, and even some from Chilhowie, where we're from, they come and and buy a lot from the town of Saltville. Not the town itself, but our gas stations. Mm -hmm. yeah. And you were mentioning before the show, kind of talking about how the nature of agriculture and farming has changed. People used to be able to have a little crop of backer, or make a little bit of extra money and keep a farm going, but now it's becoming much more of a commercial and large-scale operation. It's getting increasingly difficult for young farmers. Oh, absolutely. Ivy, me and you've talked before. I know that you're a year or... 15 younger than I am, but, you know, me and you've talked a time or two about the changes you've seen in your life. Uh, you know, my granddad, uh, my papa, he came home from World War II, and him and my mama, that's what they did. They made their living off the farm and raised nine kids and helped several of them get through college. And you transition from that through the 40s, 50s, 60s, and then even into the 70s, uh, you know, when I was a kid. 
And then I had to, you know, you transition from that where you could actually make a living off of the farm to the life we live now where I'm an Air Force veteran, have a college education, and basically have had to have a full-time career just to afford to pay for a farm. Uh, so honestly, Brent, I, I worry about your generation, and if you want to continue agriculture, how do we do it? Yeah, and that's uh, that was going to be my next question. What uh, advice would you have for someone in my generation who wants to keep their family farm going um, and keep doing that? Because I tell my parents all the time, if I could drop out of school and uh, and just farm all day long, I would. So, what sort of advice do you have for someone who wants to keep their family farm going? The advice, one of the pieces of advice I would give you is that in my military career, uh, I have lived in five states. I've been in 42 states, 14 foreign countries, two U.S. territories, and little islands in the Pacific most people have never heard of. And you know my favorite place in the world I've ever seen? Where's that? Right here where we're at, in these mountains. Um so one piece of advice I would give you is it's difficult to make it in agriculture these days, and if I could make it on the farm alone, I probably would. Um, it is a challenge to keep a family farm going, but for your generation, I don't know how you guys do it, but do it. It's critical to our, you know, the old saying that, uh, you know, American farmers feed the world. Mm-hmm. It's true. Mm-hmm. Well, you are tuned to Live in Appalachia here on WEHC, and this is a brand new program. Just started last week with a senior here at Emory and Henry College, Brendan Blevins, who is an environmental sciences major. And it's one of the great things about this station. We are a listener-supported station, but we get to involve students in the radio programming. Yeah, it's been a huge opportunity for me, and uh, I'd just like to let everyone know if uh, you'd like to donate to the station we'd love for you to do that because it has given me the opportunity to share a lot of people's stories and hopefully continue sharing their stories about um growing up around here and farming around here so uh we'd love we'd love for you to donate it'd mean a lot yeah you can go online to wehcfm.com and select make a gift or you can give us a call here at the station the number is 276-944- six five nine three and we really appreciate your support ivy is this a good time for us to announce that in addition to online uh, you can do it like us you can do a plain old-fashioned check and what i'd like to do at this time is to present a check to ivy uh, to help with their annual fundraiser on behalf of mayor young and the saltville town council i'd like to present this check uh, for the, all the wonderful things you do, not only for Saltville, but the whole region. Well, thank you so much, and every dollar really adds up. It counts. It all goes together to every, to our annual expenses, which aren't insignificant, keeping the transmitters running, the lights on, the microphones, the software up to date, and being able to go out and be on site and do remote broadcasts. All that costs money, and being able to give students like Brendan an opportunity to be here at the station, and we got to work with the town of Saltville. Really hope we're going to do more with y'all. Looking forward to it. <laughs> um, so uh, how many farms would you say are in the in the outskirts of Saltville? Because Saltville is in uh, Smith County, correct? You know, that's an interesting question because most people know Saltville as a Smith County town. 
what a lot of people forget or maybe not, don't even realize is that it's also a Washington County town. Uh, land-wise, you know, everybody thinks of Saltville as a little bitty town, mm-hmm. which population-wise it is, and unfortunately as a town manager, it's, it's got a very tight budget. Um, but land-wise, the town of Saltville is the fifth largest town in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Wow. And, yeah, most people have no idea. Uh, so we've got a lot of forest land. We've got a lot of agricultural land within the town limits. And just to give you an idea of the size of the town of Saltville, it's 8.4 square miles. Just to give you an idea of that, the one quarter of the town of Saltville that is in Washington County is geographically larger than Glade Spring and Damascus combined. You know, that is uh, surprising to me because, you know, I'm more familiar with Damascus, and that's not a huge town, but I always have thought of it as bigger than Saltville. But so you've said a lot of farmers rely on Saltville. Um, If a town like that wasn't there, what what do you think they'd do in this county? So, Ren, as we talked about the challenges for agriculture as we move forward and uh, you know, when a lot of our agricultural commodities, basically fuel is up, feed is up, everything has gone up, not just the inflation that we've had over the last year. I mean, this has been through my life. The prices go up, but uh, as you, Ivy, I know you know yourself, the price of cattle is, is sporadic, hit or miss, the highs and lows. Um, it's, it, it's, it's Unfortunately, it's a gamble sometimes. So you've got to make, as a farmer, any kind of ag, you've got to make every dollar, every penny count. And if Solville was not there as the base community for our, our farmers in that region, they would have to travel to Chilhowee, Marion, maybe Tazewell, and just that much more expense and wear and tear on their equipment. As far as uh, size go, and I know you're a little partial to this, which one do you prefer to go to if you had to go to Damascus or Saltville? Which do you think's the... Uh, nicer town to go hang out in here's here's what i will say i enjoy both towns i enjoy chilhowee i enjoy all of our small towns um damascus has got a lot to offer so does saltville and it's actually a a interesting question because one thing damascus has going for it they're the trail capital right yep appalachian trail the virginia creeper trail and I'm not trying to knock the Virginia Creeper Trail at all. It's a great asset for our area, but it's entirely too overcrowded these days. Uh, and I'm not saying anything that the uh, Creeper Trail Conservancy, Conservancy doesn't realize. We'd like to see other options. Are you going to finish the Salt Trail? You read my, my mind, question. as usual, Ivy. <laughs> you read my mind. It's our intention. We're, we've got an, you know all the stops out all hands on deck, we intend to complete the Salt Trail, which will run from the town of Saltwell to the town of Glade Spring. Um, that will be a good asset that will be much closer to Emory, the campus. Um, we hope that that will drive some economic growth in Saltville, and you know, we'd like to see a lot of the things in Saltville that Damascus currently has. Uh, as a matter of fact, we've got friends who, I'd like to mention them on air, but I won't put them in a spot. We've got friends on the Creeper Trail Conservancy and the Mendota Trail Association, we've got friends who want to see the Salt Trail completed. They want to see it grow, and 
once it is. I have not been on a bicycle since I was in high school, but I'll ride it with you. <laughs> I rode the salt trail the other day. Well, what's your opinion? I love it. I mean, for me, and I enjoy riding on the creeper or going out to Damascus and picking up one of the gravel roads or something, but it's right here. I can ride my bike down from Emory, mm-hmm. just go down Old Mill and uh, hop on the trail and go on a bike ride, and it's great. And then the town of Saltville, I think, is a wonderful place. It's certainly close, near and dear to my heart, and I know that it was an economic hub in the area for many years, and with uh, Olin Matheson moving out, it really changed things. But I think it could be a place that people want to go and want to be. So Ivy is a lady like you who is a, a not only a musician but a music historian, um, I know your passion for the area, a passion for our culture. And when you talk about Saltville, you when we talk about investing in Saltville, you literally invested in Saltville, didn't you? I bought a house in Saltville. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it's a it's a great place. I live right there on the golf course. It's a cool little town. The golf course is part of its, you know, company town legacy. Another part of the company town legacy tying back to agriculture is um, one of our neighbors that a lot of people tend to forget is our pollinators. The birds, the bees, hummingbirds, and without those, agriculture is not possible. Mm-hmm. We all agree on that. So our well fields, our nature preserve area, our, our bird sanctuary that's just smack in the middle of Saltville, the amount of birds that come through there is amazing. Uh, I know Monica from here on mm-hmm. campus, she spends a lot of time in Saltville bird watching. Um, and we consider that one of our assets. It's a natural area. It, as far as I'm concerned, it will always remain a natural area. But we are kind of proud of the fact that we're we're working to make that a not only a bird sanctuary, but also a pollinator sanctuary. Yep, and uh, speaking of bird watching in Saltville, I believe next week I'm going on a field trip with one of my classes out to the salt ponds. I guess y'all got a lot of birds hanging out over there that uh, that we're looking forward to seeing. Going back to uh, the salt trail, I just have a quick question. How long is that compared to the creeper trail? So the salt trail is not as long. The salt trail is about eight and a half miles. Once it's completed, it'll be about eight and a half miles. It's a a pretty easy ride. Um, One advantage that we have, too, is it's a fairly steady grade. So the Virginia Creeper Trail, when when the Virginia Creeper Rail Line was put in, it was put in basic. Its main purpose was uh, the lumber industry that was on Iron Mountain at the time. The salt line was put in, the salt trail, that rail bed was put in basically to just haul salt. but again, tying back into agriculture, in addition to the salt, a lot of the, the salt products that were used to preserve meat and other agricultural commodities. Uh, when you travel the salt trail, you know, everything that traveled that rail bed through the years from the 1850s until the 1970s was critical to this country's defense. It was critical to the country's infrastructure, our industry, and our agriculture. So as we uh, work to complete the salt trail, one thing you can do here at the radio station is help support us in our efforts to, we need to tell our story. We need to tell our history. 
our agricultural heritage, our industrial heritage, and how salt, how salt out of our little community helped fuel America. That's a really good message, and I hope that that does get completed. And once it does, I think Damascus better watch out because you're definitely <laughs> going to be taking some people from the creeper there. Well, as a Blevins, uh, you know there's a lot of Blevinses in, in the Damascus area, Chilhowee area, and uh, I think we found out we may be a little bit kin <laughs> down the road. Um, yep. So I don't want to take any way, anything away from our cousins in Damascus, but I'm absolutely rooting for Saltville. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of people over from uh, Chilhowee are more, more in favor of Saltville than uh, Damascus, but I'd say both, both areas are pretty nice. <laughs> The only time Chill Howie and Saltville don't see eye to eyes on game night. Oh yeah, yep. <laughs> uh, about three years ago, I wandered into a football game over there, and uh, <laughs> they do take it seriously. <laughs> but um, so the agricultural industry in Saltville overall—do you think it's on the rise, or do you think it's on the decline, as it is in a lot of parts of the country? You know, that's a question that could be answered two ways. I mean, it it's stable, and it's holding its own, and a lot of the families over there are busting their tails to continue making a living off of their farm. That's the Saltville area, Rich Valley, Tannersville, um, Clinchburg area. You know, a lot of these families are, are multi-generational. They've been in the family for years and years, uh, just kind of like my farm is over on the South Fork. Do I think it has its challenges? Do I think it's on the decline? No. Do I think that your generation's going to have challenges that my generation didn't have to keep it going? Yes. And so I've heard it said that uh, a generation after my generation could be the last family farmers if things aren't handled correctly. Do you think there's truth to that? And if there is, how do you think we can go about changing that now before it happens? I wish I had the answers for you. Uh, all I can say is the American economy, you know, the American economy, the rise of social media, the abilities to work from home, uh, that may be one of our possibilities is that, you know, I talked about my granddad, my Papa John, who came home and basically went to work on the farm and continued to feed his family off the farm and how that's just realistically, economically not feasible for a lot of us in today's world. But with, um, I've got a love-hate relationship with social media and, and you know, interconnectivity, but one of the good things about it is our abilities to work from home. And that may be one of the saving graces for agriculture in your generation is the ability to work a job in environmental science mm -hmm. from right there on the house that's been on your in, you know, on your farm and in your family for a hundred years. Yep. I got a question for you, Brendan, as an environmental studies major. You know that eco uh, tourism is a certain, a really important thing these days. And I wonder, with salt, will be in particularly interesting with the salt with the well fields there, and there's a uh, birds and ant flora and fauna that don't exist anywhere else, at least in this part of the state, because mm -hmm. that's brackish water down there that maybe you can combine your agriculture endeavors with drawing people in and seeing things that they wouldn't see other places. We've got landowners that are interested in uh, you know, options like 
hip camp and some of the other ways to bring folks in for a, a more of a rustic experience. We've also got um, some rentals in the area and the town itself. I wish I was at liberty to give all the details, but I will just say this, that we recently received some money to help us um, improve some of the facilities around the well fields, not in the well fields proper, but across the road. And I'm, I really wish this was next week after the announcement had been formally made, but I feel with a high degree of confidence that we in the next couple of years are going to see a campground and an RV park in the town of Saltville. That would be really big. And as far as like uh, agro-tourism and uh, all that, I have seen a little bit of uh, research showing that uh, some farms are supplementing their regular farming by doing something along those lines. Of course, out west, you have people who own ranches, you know, leasing land to be able for people to be able to hunt and do that sort of thing while farming. Um, a big part of this is the Blue Ridge Discovery Center over in Conorock. It's a great asset. Mm-hmm. They've they've really done a lot already and have some big plans to uh, help with um, ecotourism in this area. Um, but I think as far as agro-tourism goes, a lot of those questions here in two weeks, we'll have a bison farm come on who, uh, they do some stuff with having people come out and see them farm and help with it. But I think a big part of it is just keeping up to date on what the current trend is. Um, one thing that I think has helped and hurt farmers is Yellowstone. Everyone's watched that and everyone wants to play cowboy now, um, and I think that has really helped farmers and ranchers get a little bit more respect and help out in, uh, in their daily lives. So that's an interesting perspective. And I know we're closing in near the end of our show, and you've been asking me questions. I've got a question for you, Brendan. All right. Environmental science major, why did you choose it? Well, uh, there's a lot of reasons I tell everyone just because easier to learn about trees than to learn about actual science but uh, the truth of the matter is um, I've been all over the country with my parents being military and I do love this area and uh, forestry throughout the country varies so widely Um, I just want to be able to have a job in the future where I can go hike basically and and protect uh, the public lands we have and then it also is very beneficial to my family's farm um, I could probably talk for four or five hours about my family farm here so I'll try to save everyone from that but we do have some things that are like we have the biggest service berry in the country um, in my backyard basically and that contributed to it to me wanting to pursue this and um, it's really just I love the outdoors and I want to help people experience that, and I want to keep on the tradition of farming. So I know that was kind of a long, complicated answer, and I went down several different ways, but like I said, I'm trying to save the listeners from having to hear me drone on for a few hours. Actually, I disagree. I think that you should you should continue to answer the way you did. Uh, you may think you were very wordy, but I could see I could I could feel the passion you have for our mountains and for farming. So you ask if what I feel about the future of farming, at least in our area, 
if everybody's got the passion you showed, I think we're in good hands. And uh, I, I hope we are in good hands because I think the worst thing in the world is seeing uh, these old family farms get turned into neighborhoods. I mean, I've already seen that a little out here, and it breaks my heart when I drive by it every day to see what used to be farmland now sitting with these little houses. And I know we need housing in this country, but we also need the farmers. We need farmland, and I'm exactly like you. We talk about economic development. I think if we're going to do housing developments, which we need, um, my opinion, they should all be closer to the towns, closer to infrastructure. Development is going to happen, and we need it, but we need to be smart about it because when you've got an area as pristine and beautiful as our mountains and our farmland, you're absolutely right, Brandon. We need to make sure we don't screw it up. Yep. And it looks like we're getting a little bit short on time here. So I'd like to thank you for uh, for being on here. and Thank, thank you for asking me. <laughs> and uh, for those of you who don't know, we asked him about 10 minutes before we got on air. So <laughs> we really do appreciate you playing ball with us. Yeah, well, you've been listening to Live in Appalachia with your host, Brendan Blevins, and special guest today, Brian Martin town manager of Saltville and this great free-ranging program on all aspects of agrarian life and the way that it's changing and evolving will be here on WEHC each and every Friday at 1 o'clock. And who you got on next week, Brennan? Next week we have uh, a homestead, and they're going to be talking about how they uh, have gone about everything, but it is the Goshen Homestead. So that's next Friday at 1. Be sure to tune in here for another edition of Living Appalachia. And we need your support. Go to wehcfm.com. Today's the last day of our fall fun drive, and we are trying to raise $50,000 to keep this station on the air and continue bringing you great programs like Living Appalachia. This is WEHC 90.7 Emory.